Welcome to WrestleBuddy's GameSpot's wrestling podcast about wrestling friendship and wrestling with friendship. I am GameSpot News Entertainment Editor Matt Elfring, and joining me is my bestest WrestleBuddy GameSpot Editor of Entertainment, Chris Hayner. How are you, Chris? I'm fantastic, Matt. I'm continuing to wrestle with all of my friendships. Just <laughs> make sure you get those inner demons out when you wrestle with a friendship. Yeah, and then hit them with like a, like a, oh, we'll go over it, but with like a kendo stick. Oh boy, Chris, that 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 begs the question. What are we talking about this week on Wrestle Buddies? Well, believe it or not, we're going to talk about kendo sticks because we are going to dig into the most dangerous weapons you find under the ring. And I believe oh, that is a no. segment we are going to call, well, that's a segment. Yeah, that is a segment. <laughs> that's right. After that, we're jumping in the nostalgia machine. And honestly, this is maybe the most timely we're ever going to be. Because the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, just wrapped up on ESPN and it brought to light Dennis Rodman's time in WCW. So we're going all the way back to 1997 through 1999 when Dennis Rodman made an ungodly amount of money for three terrible matches. Oh, boy. But before all that, we have our first interview, Matt. But before we get into that, Chris, I wanted to point out something that no one will ever be able to see or hear about ever. And that's that uh, while we were recording this in Zoom, uh, just so Chris and I could do video with each other, um, my laptop crashed and it kicked me out of Zoom. But my other computer that has the audio going into Zoom is still on there. But the video of me was just the most sassy boy look on my face. Just it looked like I was about to, like trying to like give like duck lip kisses. Uh, it really was. I looked back at the computer screen and I was like, why is he looking at me like that? <laughs> it's just... I haven't even gotten to the part where I discuss who we're going to interview. No, yet. not at all. I'm just I'm so in awe. I'm just like, oh, Chris, tell me your deepest secrets. This is what wrestling with friendship is like. Sometimes you get sassy, sassy looks from your <laughs> wrestle buddies. Just a, just a little sassy lip action. Speaking of sassy, oh man, I'm keeping, nope, I'm keeping nope, all of this in. Nope. I'm keeping it all in. Do not. This is terrible. This is so good at staying in. Chris, speaking of sassy, um, yes, sir. We have an interview with uh, with someone today that I am a huge fan of. Uh, Arguably, the king of sass in professional wrestling. I would, I would definitely say the king of sass, the king of peacocking. He is just yeah, a uh, a charismatic. Not, I'm not going to say a charismatic enigma. That sounds dumb. Just a charismatic. Also, that's what they call Jeff Hardy. Exactly. <laughs> He's not Jeff Hardy. I, better than Jeff Hardy as a character. Uh, I hope they don't listen to our podcast in Cameron, North Carolina. No, no, of course, that's we're the biggest hit podcast there. Oh, bummer. They don't. They don't listen it. to the serial. They listen to Wrestle Buddies there. Just that's that plays over the loudspeakers in that city. Oh, that sounds terrible. It is. They only have three episodes to play right now. <laughs> just on repeat Ugh, oh, over and over anyway we are talking to uh ring of honors dalton castle the interview is pre-recorded but let's just break that wall right now let's not try to pretend yes. like it's happening yes uh yes so the interview was recorded last week dalton was awesome uh we thank him for coming on and thank him for there are things we learned in this interview about his aunt and uh roadside museums or zoos rather that uh, need, they needed to be recorded and saved for all of time. So guys, enjoy this wonderful interview with Ring of Honor's Dalton Castle. And now let's pretend like it's actually happening right now. We are here with the illustrious, the wonderful, the flamboyant Dalton Castle from Ring of Honor. Dalton, how are you on this fine, lovely day? I'm, I'm doing pretty well, surprisingly well. Uh, and I'm happy. I'm sitting outside in the warm and uh and eating pretzels so I, I think that's as good as it gets i think so at, the, at this point this is that's the best you can hope for is the nice uh day to hang outside and enjoy uh enjoy the planet yeah uh, how, how how are you doing I, I i understand not well great i'm doing great just just living that uh american dream of hosting a wrestling podcast that no one else in the country has you really cornered the market. Congrats. <laughs> Only wrestling podcast. That was our goal. We thought, you know, nobody's gone down this road yet. It's time for someone to blaze that trail. Yeah. 
But Dalton, we want to talk about you, not ourselves. That's uh, we do that enough. No, I don't want that. <laughs> I want to know all. I want to know your story. Oh boy, yeah, where, what makes you tick? Um, being a family man, being a husband and a, and a father. Oh, so nothing really started moving for you until you got married and had kids. <laughs> Complete loser. Married kids. Purpose. I'm glad you could find find some sort of purpose. <laughs> That sounds so much better than my answer is like, I like going to Disneyland. That Not anymore. Not anymore. Oh, it's been a rough few months. I mean, for more people than just me, sure. How often do you go to Disneyland? Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm in LA and, I, and we actually do theme park coverage for our site as well. So I'm there a lot for work, which is fantastic. What but then a I also, dream. It's the best. I've already been to Avengers Campus, which isn't even built yet. Like it's just a big construction zone, but they've took us. Th they they you look at this hole in the ground. This is great, huh? It, yes, but then they took us into a room. They're like, "Here's all the food we're gonna serve, all the cocktails we're gonna serve. Try it all. Play with the toys that we're gonna sell." I was like, "Okay, that's a good way to spend a Friday." Now, now refresh me here. Uh, what is the Avengers? Oh, oh boy, it's a it is a group of uh, superheroes. Uh, it's Robert Downey Jr. and the guy from, oh, from Chris Almost Evans Like Heaven, from? yeah, with Reese Witherspoon. Wonderful stuff. Yes, it's uh, and there's a Spider-Man ride, or there will be a Spider-Man ride. And you guys hear that? Train? Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it. Where are you located? That's oh, uh, I'm a little south of none of your goddamn business. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. So Don, let's 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 talk about uh, your character within within Ring of Honor. You are a a wrestler who really embraces a character and, and takes it to the next level. Um, so how did the you know the Peacock gimmick? I'm just going to call it the Peacock gimmick. The Peacock gimmick of Dalton Castle come to be over time. It was like a snowball effect. I well, first you learn to wrestle, you figure that out, and then once you like the moves and every the performing becomes second nature then you start adding things to the act and i got very lucky where early in my career i was partnered up with a with a good friend uh will calrissian as a team mate for we and for some reason we decided we were going to call ourselves the peacock experience and uh, we were both very loud and very colorful and uh, we just started adding more and more things to the ensemble and then as I started to kind of break away from the, the local scene and moving out more, uh, I started developing my, my own kind of personality and uh, I stuck with the Peacock theme and I started looking at people uh, who I really found captivating, like uh, Lady Gaga and Justin Hawkins from The Darkness and David Bowie uh, and Freddie Mercury, all these amazing performers, uh, even Eric Nelly from uh, Foxy Shazam, which is, I, I assume not a lot of people know that band, but just these people that commanded the stage. And I thought, why can't that be in a wrestling ring? I love what they're doing. I would love to be like that. And I think it would, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't think, I just, I hoped that it would resonate with the fans. And I got very lucky on being right because I get to do what I find interesting, fun, and comfortable. And uh, th most of the time, so do other people. Wait, was there like a specific moment when you had developed this character that you knew it was a hit with the fans? Like you walked out and someone had a sign or something like that? Yeah, it was 2019, January. No, I don't know. I, I don't remember a moment. <laughs> it just each week just kept being better than the last. So I just kept waiting for the, the curtains to come down or, or something to, to go awry. I remember even just starting with uh, just moving into different independence uh, was, was nice. But then eventually I got the eye of Ring of Honor. And then mm. I, didn't, I didn't think it was going to go past the, the first match. They didn't really seemed to put a lot of thought into it or hope or they didn't really let me think that it was going to go much farther than the first round of the top prospect tournament but the the night i went out there and wrestled i felt like it was a special moment and i got very lucky that uh the office kind of took notice as well so when it when it, you're a great 
talker. You're you're a you're a person that really You good words, you. <laughs> Best thing about you is word out of mouth. Uh who are your who are your inspirations for for your kind of segments, your promos outside within the world of wrestling, not within, you know, these musicians who you've been kind of taking inspiration from. I don't know. I don't I don't mimic anybody when I'm talking as a uh, who's in wrestling. I, I don't look at somebody's promo and go, I'm going to, I'm going to do what they did because I can't, I can't replicate what other people do with their personality as a pro wrestler. Cause a lot of what you hear in wrestling sounds like pro wrestling mm-hmm. and it's hard to, hard to take in the amount of people who say when it's all said and done and the smoke clears and the ref counts to one, two, three, that's boring. So I don't know, I look at a lot of, I, I watch a lot of different comedy, uh, a lot of stand-up. I listen to a lot of improvisers. So I, I, would, I would think most of that kind of uh, is my inspiration. Well, you also like the, like the the thing about the character as a whole is it's very much going. Like, I can look at the roster of Ring of Honor and I can see a lot of not not even the same guys, but I Dalton Castle stands out because it's bigger and it's sort of different. Is that in is in terms of that character is that important to you to just make sure you look at the entire roster? You're like completely different. Yeah, I I want. I want the attention because if they're, if they're looking at other people, then they're no, not looking at me. So I want as many eyes as possible on me because that's how you get to the top. When you're the most popular, then you are the most valuable. Uh, also, I love sequins and glitter. So <laughs> it, it might've been an, a happy mistake. I like to treat wrestling fans as a, as a large mouth bass in a, in a freshwater finger lakes in the New York I'm, I'm very shiny, so they come swimming <laughs> over to me, and a lot of times they put me in their mouth, and then I hook them in the lip. And it works. I mean, I, I uh, when I was explaining, that doesn't work. Does no, that no, make no, any no, sense to you? No, and I, it, wrestling as a, oh, as yeah, a wrestling that's so fan, profound, Dalton, you're deep. <laughs> well, as a wrestling fan, I'm looking for that thing that sort of sticks out to me above everything else. And if I type Dalton Castle into Google, it comes up with the, that castle in England. <laughs> No, but if no, if I hit images, it is a variety of very different, very shiny costumes, all of which outshine anyone else you're in the ring with. It's like it's it's that eye grabbing thing that immediately you see it and you're in. Yeah. Now, I mean, it used to be I, I thought I was a glam rocker. But as the, the decade starts to turn the corner here, I realize I'm more of a walking Broadway show. <laughs> Who is creating your your costumes and and how much uh, collaboration do you have with that person? Oh, I'm the luckiest human on the planet. All right, I have a very talented aunt. Her name's Mary Geel. Go check out her work, especially if you're a rock climber. She makes rock climbing pants now. I I was looking for someone to take on the work because I was going through uh, this company, Closet Champion. They did great work for the first couple suits. And I just needed them faster. I needed and need them faster and needed them cheaper. And I, my aunt just said, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'll do it. So then I would send her designs and send her the fabric. And then we would have some fittings. And she'd crank them out and we worked together. Uh, I don't live close to her anymore. So now we talk over FaceTime and I send her emails with sketches and stuff. So it's the greatest. Oh, by the way, if you look her up, look up her for her her work only. You're not allowed to get wrestling gear made by her. (laughs) You have the exclusivity on that, I'm assuming. That's right. I will shut her down if I find (laughs) one wrestler wearing her work. So let's talk about um, one of my favorite aspects of Dalton Castle, aside from Dalton Castle himself. uh, Right. I'm eating these paleo cheese puffs. Are Are they good? good? Zero cheese in them. All vegan. Delicious. Oh, How do they get the okay. cheese flavor? They look like caterpillars, though. That is a little off-putting. They are caterpillars. But eating bugs is fine. I mean, there's there's protein in that. Oh, I guess it wouldn't be vegan if it, if they were caterpillars. I take it back. Oh yeah, it worked uh, for that movie in Snowpiercer. They live strictly off of bugs. And that hot new TV show, Snowpiercer. Yeah, how are we gonna watch ten episodes of this story? I. I can say I've seen some episodes of the story. We're not gonna. Oh, you didn't like it? 
Nah, I, I love the movie. Love the movie. It's such a weird idea. Doesn't necessarily translate as well when it's 10 hours of this sad, sad life. What's her? Is it Tilda? Is that Tilda Swinton? Yeah. Is she in the show? No, no. I'm I don't believe anybody from the movie made it to the show. Not even Captain America. No, God, no. He's on an Apple TV show. What what, what streaming services are you very much watching right now during this Ooh, quarantine? Let's get into it. Let's right. get into this. This let's is what wrestling is great. But what streaming wrestling's, services? Wrestling's on hold. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, I watch a lot of Netflix right now where I'm rewatching all the Veeps. So HBO mm-hmm. Go oh. or Now or whatever. They're the same thing, essentially. Uh, so spent a lot of time there. Just just fired up that new that new alien show on Hulu. Alien so those show are my top three. I got all three of those. The the guys who made Rick and Morty. Oh, uh, so opposites. opposites. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now, are you enjoying that? I do. I like it a lot. Very good. I need I need, that is on my list. There's too many things. You won't be disappointed. You're a Rick and Morty fan. I, I do enjoy it quite a bit. Has it? Well, I, I mean, the the life the life of a wrestler is typically very busy and very on the go. How has sort of adjusting to just being home been? Okay, this is the weirdest thing to talk about because most the whole world is going through this, and I am, and I realize this. I am better off than the majority of the people in the world i'm i'm comfortable i'm at home ring of honor is the greatest company and i'm so happy and and and, uh and grateful that i work for them because they have been taking care of us uh i we still get paid they they are concerned about our safety there's no rush to get back to filming content in a studio in front of a crowd because they they're looking forward to or they're looking out for our safety and the safety of our fans first because they, when this is all done they would like to still have a company yes. and they'll have people to to wrestle for them so I'm, I'm very thankful for them but being very comfortable and very lucky it's it's a world that has changed i i'm used to traveling every week I don't have that anymore. It's weird staying home. I have nothing really to prepare for. There's no reason to work out because I don't have a big match. So I've got to create some sort of motivation to keep myself moving forward. And uh, I, some days are better than others. Some days I just want to play Xbox. Some days I want to work out hard. And other days I don't know what's wrong with me, but something is wrong. And I imagine that a lot of people are going through the same kind of roller coaster of emotions. So, so what is coming uh, up next for Dalton Castle? Ring of Honor has featured an episode about me, uh, which I, if you haven't seen it, go back, watch it on Honor Club or ROHWrestling.com. Whole hour dedicated to Dalton Castle. I do a lot of footage from home. There's a lot of cat footage. So if you like Planet Peacock, this is, uh, this is right up your alley. Uh, also working on something smaller. Uh, I can't really say much, but there's uh, there's a small project that I'm I'm currently filming, and uh, I guess keep your eyes out. It should be popping up on ROH uh, social medias pretty soon. We will uh, be on the lookout for that. And and the final question I have for you, Dalton, and Chris has it as well. Um, I, I I would actually love to ask this question. Okay, okay, Chris, I'm, this is you. All right, Dalton. Uh, recently, following the release of a very successful show on Netflix, uh, it has been uh, said that you visited the Tiger King Zoo. Please, what what was that experience like for you? And what can you say about just I, it had to have been just bizarre. All right. So I have. There's I love animals. I love them. And traveling uh, me and Taven, he's one of my favorite people to travel with because I think we're like-minded people where if we're going city to city, we're not going to waste that trip. We're not driving straight there. We're going to find something to do. Driving from Dallas to Oklahoma city. uh, We saw the billboards. There's a bunch of them. You just see big billboards of tigers and you're like, I love cats. So of course we pulled over uh, to go check it out. We had some time. Uh, We had Jay lethal in the car with us against his protest. We brought him. 
and we didn't know what we were getting into. We just saw a zoo. We walk in. Uh, it it wasn't your higher budget zoo, but at first glance, it wasn't that terrible. I guess because you don't get to see the behind the scenes stuff. Also, I think a month or two prior to that, I went to a really terrible private zoo in North Carolina. And uh, because that was so horrific and I want that place shut down, uh, by comparison, it looked slightly better than that. So the bar, the bar was higher than that. Uh, we didn't spend much time there. I think we had maybe a half hour to kill. There's so many, so many cats. Yeah, it was nice. You see some nice healthy tigers. Then you see some adolescent ones. Uh, and then you get to this pen where there's like a, a liger and a, and a leopard tiger hybrid. And they're just looking at you and they're saying, we shouldn't be. And uh, you feel bad. That's when it, that, yeah, it was hard to see. I don't know. We didn't know. We didn't know we were accidentally supporting a monster. I, and then after learning about it, we we didn't go back. <laughs> I will. I will say. I never bought a cub. I didn't buy any. That's probably for the best. Uh, I will say you mentioned uh, like on the road. You just see so many billboards for it, and I I've I've actually done cross country drives a couple of times, and it's always shocking to me how the smallest, weirdest little roadside attraction will have billboards for hundreds of miles. Of, in 100 miles, you're going to see this thing. In 60 miles, you're going to see it's there's this weird pocket of America that I feel like most people don't know exists because nobody drives anywhere anymore. But like there are so many weird, bizarre roadside attractions like this. Yeah, there's got to be other like that can't be the only place like that, right? It's no, just not at all. The most notoriety one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I do. I feel terrible about having been or uh, given money in some way to that place uh but i'm thrilled i didn't fall into their trap of abusing little cubs yeah. for paying for that crap absolutely well uh dalton thank you very much for talking to us sorry uh, that story wasn't sexier than you wanted it was no, sexy I, enough. I, no it's it's i'm i am these are places that i think we all just kind of we we know on some level exist even before even before the show like you've heard like you've heard about the fact that there are places out there in the middle of the country just holding on to a bunch of big cats but they, you, were, I, I, they were crazy uneasy with the fact that lethal was from tampa so <laughs> that was funny that is very that the whole situation uh, surrounding that place seems so bizarre and but even knowing that those places exist i feel like i never actually hear of anybody who's actually been to one I've been to I've been to a few weird roadside attractions, but nothing quite like that. No, it's just a underfunded zoo. That's all it is. It wasn't like I don't. I your imagination can run wild all as much as you want, but it didn't. Yeah, it wasn't as eye catching as the story itself is. Once again, thank you to Ring of Honor's Dalton Castle for taking the time to talk to us and to just be a wonderful person to chat with for. A nice half an hour. What a gent. And spoilers, spoilers, that is not the last you're going to hear from Dalton Castle in this episode. It is not, because in order for us to transition into the next segment of this week's show, we, we got to ask Dalton Castle a little bit of a question. Hey, Dalton, what's the most dangerous weapon underneath a wrestling ring? Got to be the fire hydrant, right? <laughs> fire hydrant? That he's fire I mean, extinguisher. He's, I'm sorry, fire extinguisher, not the hydrant. That's what dogs pee on. Uh, yeah, the fire extinguisher. Like that's a that's compressed chemicals in this big industrial cylinder that is heavy itself and solid. Can do a lot of damage when you swing it, and also there's uh, a lot of stored energy in there when you pull that pin and you shoot. What is it? Nitrous on everybody so you can mm. freeze their skin hurt them you remember triple h walking through the extinguishers and he had Ooh, burns on his yeah. yeah you don't want that happening that's dangerous that's a deadly weapon under there uh it's also how you defeat the t-1000 in terminator 2 judgment day oh 
oh, and he broke into all these little pieces. Yeah. But didn't he melt back together and go? Event- eventually, yeah. Right. You just got to not do it in a steel mill. Yeah, just don't do it next to a giant fire. Yeah. <laughs> when will when will that Sarah Connor learn? Whoa. This is a segment. What is the most dangerous weapon underneath the wrestling ring, friends? What is it? Do we know? Is Are the, you asking me? I just I, I don't know if this is rhetorical at this point or if I'm just asking you directly. I mean, I know what the most dangerous weapon underneath the wrestling ring is. Steve Blackman. No, he's the lethal weapon. That's a whole other thing. I thought he was the most dangerous. <laughs> am, am I just confusing him in my head and just calling him the most dangerous weapon? Yeah, I you're am. thinking of the most. Da- you're thinking of that remake of the most dangerous game starring Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's true. But if Steve Blackman was under the, he's lethal. He will kill. So if he, that man, was underneath the ring with his um, sticks, I forgot what his sticks were called. The Steve Blackman sticks of doom. They, the, those two wooden. St- stick someone's gonna know and yell at me about it whatever it's the steve blackman sticks of doom matt i'm a scientist and a doctor that's true you did get your phd in doctorisms Mm -hmm. so okay well let's take steve blackman out of the equation and let's go through we should and i'll tell you why he calls himself the lethal the lethal weapon or whatever uh not once did he kill anybody how do you know i'll go in fact i'll go one further he didn't win many matches unless they were hardcore title matches, and like everybody won hardcore title matches. How do you know Steve Blackman didn't kayfabe kill somebody? I mean, in well, in the ring, I guess. No, I would have seen that on television. You probably would have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now the wrestling ring itself, underneath the wrestling ring, is a is a just a, a collective mass of dumb objects that shouldn't be under the ring uh a wonderland you might a say wonder, it, it's a wonderland of atrocities uh, there is there's there's chairs and tables which make sense because mm-hmm. um do they <laughs> well uh, chairs definitely make sense we'll say because the floor seating at, at wrestling shows are folding chairs well yes but also like why would they just chuck extra chairs under the ring when they've already filled up the because arena Because taking chairs? them backstage is just too hard. All right, I'll go with it. <laughs> uh, tables, uh, announcer tables are made of wood. They don't look like folding tables at all. That's where we kind of lose uh, any sorts of relevance. But aside from that, like, there's so many things under the Why are these things under the ring? Chris, that's not rhetorical. I'm asking you, why are these things under the ring? Oh, because we need to be able to hit people with garbage can lids and bags of popping corn. And I'm trying to think of what the most ridiculous things I've seen. I think under the, the ring. I, I really do think the garbage can, like the old school metal garbage can is the most, most ridiculous because no one uses that garbage can. No one since 1952. Absolutely not. Also, why are there garbage cans under the ring? In case there's extra they're garbage. La- they're, yeah, but they're laying on their side. That makes the, that means the garbage is going to fall out. Now we got garbage around the ring. What a waste! So that we 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 have established that there is just so many dumb things under the ring, um, and again, but 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 wrestlers have placed some very like disturbing and sometimes horrific items under the ring yes. to be used as weapons. Let, let's go back to what Dalton Castle said, which was the fire extinguisher. Which I yes. I agree. It is. I didn't even think of it when we were coming up with this segment. Like. Not at all. I, as soon as he said fire extinguisher, I'm like, yes, like that's been under the ring. People have been sprayed in the face with it. It's heavy. It's compressed air. And it's. In theory, it could blind you because there are. I mean, I'm assuming I don't I don't really know. That's why it's a theory, uh, because like there are chemicals that make up sort of the fire retardant. Yes. They get sprayed out of the canister. And also it's freezing cold and maybe it'll give you frostbite like that is a truly dangerous weapon to hide under a ring it, it very much is and that's why i'm kind of like sad to say when dalton said that i'm like oh segment over <laughs> yeah like uh, he just did our work for us i don't even need to talk about barbed wire two by fours now let's talk about dark barbed wire two by fours we gotta i had to because that because the moment you mentioned most dangerous weapons under the ring i immediately went to mick foley pulling out weird stuff wrapped in barbed wire because holy cow I, so the 90s, everything was wrapped in barbed wire. And as someone who mm-hmm. who was born and raised 
from the county over from the place where barbed wire was invented. In De- I thought you were going to say Cobb County, Georgia. Actually, DeKalb County, Illinois, is where barbed wire was invented. And why is barbed wire wrapped around things? Because, Matt, it hurts. But that, here's the thing. with You have to wrap it in the, wrap the barbed wire around the, around the item. Then you have to mm-hmm. bring it to the ring yourself and then put it mm-hmm. underneath the ring? Yeah. Like, it's not an item that just exists in nature. I mean, in nature. It exists in the world. You know? I mean, it does. It d- definitely exists in the world. I've seen it in all kinds of wrestling matches. But have you seen anything wrapped in barbed wire ever outside of wrestling? Fences? Doesn't count. Fences count? And, and it's, in itself, it's already a thing. Does it count if I wrap the thing in barbed wire? Are you Negan from The Walking Dead? Oh my God, Negan from The Walking Dead's a great example. That's someone else who does the barbed wire baseball bat. You know? Here we go. Okay, it's dangerous. Got it. Is Negan just wannabe McFoley? Is that what I'm learning? No, he's Negan's Negan. He swears a lot. Yes, he he's does. He's got a potty mouth also, in the comics. But he also, but he also swears like a six year old. I'm going to take you to PP Pants City, baby. <laughs> Shut up, Negan. Um, it's yeah. It, the barbed wire bat slash barbed wire two by four. And then it's very close sibling, the flaming barbed wire two by four. Uh, they're fantastic visuals. Yes. And if they were completely legitimate, could actually maim you. Yeah. And that's messed up. And and that's going to bring us to the next one, which is, I guess, plausible to be under the ring kind of. And that's the ladder. Just. Your old steel, steel, la- it's not steel to aluminum. Come on. Your old metal ladder under the, like- yeah, it's, sh- of course they have those under the ring, you know, for all that stuff that they're hanging six feet above the ring. Sometimes there are uh, belts or contracts that need to be held above the ring. And how are you going to get up there? You're not taking a cherry picker to put the money in the bank contract above the ring. You're taking a ladder. Matt, I don't know how to break this to you. They don't actually climb the ladder to hang the title. Or the the championship contract. I know they just they they lower, lower the hook down so and then pick it back up. Would you please get into the same headspace with me, Chris? You're, you're, I'm so you're sorry. Killing the bit. <laughs> killing the bit. I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, so much. Good. Ladders hurt though. Ladders ladders hurt because there's so many jagged edges mm-hmm. and oh, like every time I see a wrestler la- land on a ladder that's laying down flat. Mm-hmm. I just imagine like getting stuck in the various crevices and whatnot. And Ooh, it just looks like it hurts so bad. I always, anytime I see anybody do a move onto a ladder, I'm like, you're someone is going to get their leg caught in there and their shin is going to get split in half. Mm-hmm. That's, that is my greatest wrestling fear while watching wrestling is that happens. Uh, I will say the one ladder match move I think is kind of not very good is when they, they sandwich you between the ladders and they just close the ladder on you repeatedly. It never happens smoothly because of the arm that sort of holds the two sides apart. And it just, it always looks like it's being done in slow motion. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of bad moves with ladders and that's one of them, <laughs> but there's a lot of crazy moves in ladders. I like when they get up like the gigantic ladder and use it like as sort of a, a bridge between the barricade and the ring. Yeah. And then it just becomes like, Oh, someone, Someone's getting thrown through that bad boy before the day is done. I, I think that though we can throw out the ladder as being the most dangerous weapon under the ring because we I mean, we've already established that the fire extinguisher, barbed wire bat, uh, or a two by four is far more dangerous than you know what else you know what else is far more dangerous hmm. than a table a sledgehammer. <sighs> Is there, a, is there a rogue construction worker that visits wrestling like a weird tooth fairy? Yes, his name is Hunter Hearst Helmsley. <laughs> Trying to play the game. He is uh, a Connecticut blue blood, if mm, you will. He is. And he loves hitting people in the head with sledgehammers. However, this is the thing that's always stood out to me about the way he hits people with sledgehammers. He doesn't hit them like he's using a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. No, he hits them with he, his fist. It's like he's playing pool and he's using it like almost like a pool cue. It's coming at you with it. Uh, but then there were, uh, I distinctly remember, because I remember because I looked it up on YouTube recently, uh, when he was, when Triple H was feuding with Randy Orton in, I want to say the mid-aughts, mm-hmm. when he when Randy Orton had that explosive disorder or whatever, where he's like, I'm upset, I'm going to beat everybody up. 
Uh, and he was taking legitimate swings at people with a quote unquote sledgehammer, but it looked so much more menacing than like laying your hand over the top of the sledgehammer and swinging your hand. At yeah. The only time you ever see it, um, a sledgehammer used properly, properly. Why would you be hitting someone with a sledgehammer? But <laughs> the proper way to use a sledgehammer is to the head, right? Yeah, stay with me. Uh, it, it's it's when you play like WWE, like 2K games and they're on the ground and then you hit them with the sledgehammer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very satisfying. And speaking of WWE 2K, the actual true and I accept nothing else. Oh, we're going to argue because I haven't brought up my favorite yet. So, oh, the actual true deadliest weapon was introduced in a WWE two game, two mm-hmm. K game. It's two K twenty, and it's the weird Book of the Dead from Bray Wyatt's DLC. Yes, where he opens it up and it literally sucks the soul out of your opponent, and they fall down dead for about ten seconds. But it's also not real. That's the thing. Ooh. Oh, it's not real. Nope. Tell me, Matt. Kendo sticks are they real? Yeah, they, they are. are. I don't want to get to kendo sticks right just yet because that's my winner. Um, I want to talk about a weapon that sometimes used to be under the ring during the '90s, uh, sometimes in the '80s. This is a very rare thing, but it's the most powerful weapon in any wrestling promotion ever, and that's a Friendship? title belt. No, a title belt. Oh, do you remember if you got why hit? Would, why would the title belt be under the ring, Matt? It, it happened a few times, but if you remember back then. If you got hit with a title belt, it was over. You're done. You're oh, you were done. Never getting back. Because it's the strongest force and strongest weapon in all of wrestling. Listen, it's 10 pounds of gold. Yeah. It's 10 pounds of solid gold. Even though gold in itself is malleable, but that's besides yeah. the point. Listen, I don't care if gold is a soft metal. When you get hit with 10 pounds of a soft metal, you're done. It's like getting hit with 10 pounds of Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it hurts a little bit more than that. We, we have to throw the championship <laughs> out of this conversation though, because again, it's such a rarity to be under the ring, but the one weapon that is always under the ring, which I wait, 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 uh-huh. what are we waiting? For? Are you going to your, are you going to your winner? I'm going to my winner. My personal before you winner. Go to, before you go to your winner, yeah. let me throw one more out there. Let's just toss it in. Thumbtacks, baby. <sighs> Thumbtacks. Any time when, when Mick Foley came back as Cactus Jack or when he came back as Mick Foley, uh, any number of times. Yeah. I always knew there was just a bag of thumbtacks hanging out under that ring, ready to get like just pinned into backs, man. And every single time I'd watch them roll off the tacks. I would watch, honestly, usually, usually see Foley roll off the tacks and see them sticking out of his back. And you'd see like sticking out of his arms. And then the ref would have to come down and make the count. The refs got him stuck in his hand. Like it's so vicious. And while these weapons are all good for one versus one combat, mm-hmm. I feel like if you're looking to get like a a, a shotgun blast like spread of the damage, just laying out thumbtacks in the ring and just being like, all right, everybody, now we're wrestling on thumbtacks is the way to go. I think thumbtacks are great for the audience. If the audience wants something that's really going to make them cringe, that's the way to go. I, I hate mm-hmm. thumbtacks. I hate watching people get slammed on them. But it's not going to knock you out. It's not going to it's not going to put you down for the count. A few, no, it's just being stabbed hundreds of times. That's easy. Yeah. I mean, I do it all the time. You you body slam yourself onto thumbtacks at home. Yes. And wow. improv, baby. Uh, so I'm going to go to the kendo stick. It's always under the ring. Mm-hmm. And I do like to imagine I know Steve Blackman's alive, um, but I like to imagine the ghost of Stephen Blackman has. Jesus is just around and visits every single wrestling arena and likes to leave a little kendo stick under there like a little uh like santa claus on christmas you say that i say it's the ghost of ecw <laughs> uh, which sort of pop like I, if now correct the me ghost if I'm of wrong. sabu <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong did is 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 it isn't it true that ecw sort of popularized or repopularized at least in the mainstream uh, the kendo stick with like the Singapore cane match. Yeah, that was that was Sandman and that Tommy was Sandman Dreamer. and Dreamer. Yeah. yeah, and I distinctly remember it, the the this the the cane was not a weapon in the match. No, the loser of the match had to take so many lashes with the cane. Yeah, which I think that's vicious, and that is that is a disturbingly dangerous weapon tied under the ring uh i know in the latter day attitude era when like the hardcore title 27 rules were a thing 
they kind of overuse the kendo stick a lot because Steve Blackman. And by the way, it's a scream of sticks. I just remembered. Um, and I'm pretty proud of myself because I didn't look it up. It's a, he, the yeah. scream of sticks, the schema Steve Blackman's sticks of doom. Yeah. His sticks of doom. But, um, he also he used the kendo stick pretty regularly. He sure did. And, and go, uh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Well, what I was going to say is like, I love that they've sort of start, they've pulled back on it a lot. And so when it does pop up now, Ooh, you know, you're in for something vicious we're, we're pretty much getting it just at pay-per-views at this point which is kind of great so when someone pulls it from out the, under the ring like everybody in the audience or at this point at home is just like oh no like it's it's odd like because it's going to hurt for real and and it's also the kind of hurt that you see yeah the moment someone gets hit with a kendo stick you see the welting across their back yes yeah it it never looks pretty there's no way to fake that. And and I feel like that's a weapon that could also, if you hit him in the head with well, that, it wouldn't could knock him out. Now what if okay, now what if me, you, and Dalton met in the middle? Yeah. I'm imagining a new weapon in WWE 2K21. Oh, I okay, go ahead. You take a kendo stick, you shoot it with the fire extinguisher to make it freezing cold, and then you hit someone. I was almost on the same page with you. My idea was it's a fire extinguisher, but when you shoot it, freezing cold kendo sticks come out of it. Tiny Ooh, ones. Ooh, I'm into it. Yeah. 2K, you hear that? We'll only we'll take producer credits in the game. Yeah, well. when WWE Battleground comes out, put that in there. Yeah, you know, put that put that horrible, horribly menacing thing in your like super fun arcade beat 'em up. <laughs> So in order to beat John Cena, you got to throw into the alligator's mouth. But before that happens, uh, you got to shoot him with this fire extinguisher full of kendo kendo sticks. Fire extinguisher. (laughs) Oh, it's a wonder they don't let us make video games. Yeah. I I guess that's I guess we came to a good conclusion. And thank you, Dalton Castle, for kind of setting it up that the most dangerous weapon under the ring is a fire extinguisher filled with mini kendo sticks. Uh, But we're moving on uh, to bigger and worse things. Bigger and better things, bigger and weirder things for sure. Um, we're going to wrap up today by jumping in the nostalgia machine. Oh, look at that right there. Is that the nostalgia machine? I better take off my rose colored glasses for this one. Here I go. This week we're going all the way back. Well, this week we're starting all the way back on March 10th, 1997. We're going to cover a couple of years. March 10th, 1997, that was a Monday, and it just so happened to be the episode of Monday Night Nitro that saw the debut of one Dennis, quote-unquote, The Worm. I also did finger quotes when I did that. I don't know why. I saw him. Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Chicago Bulls uh, uh, basketball player, man, Dennis The Worm Rodman. Matt, I don't know mm-hmm. if you know much about the Chicago Bulls. Uh, in the 1990s, uh, I would say that like more like especially like the late 1990s, they were a very popular basketballing team. Uh-huh. Uh, they had a player named uh, uh, Mike Jordan. He oh, God, you're me. he stuck his tongue out a lot. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The real star of the team was Dennis the Warm Rodman. Well, okay. I'm going to I'm going to speak up at this point. Uh, so Last Dance is airing on ESPN, ten part series about the. Uh, the final year of the Bulls, essentially dream team playing together. When I say essentially, it's Pippen and Jordan and whoever else was on the team at that time. Dennis um, the Worm Rodman. He was Steve Kerr, um, Bill Cunning, whatever. There's a lot of Bulls players. Uh, and I kind of always wondered, and I, I kind of want to ask you, Chris, because. Yes, sir. Being from outside of Chicago, mm-hmm. growing up in the, um, like I'm 38, so the late mid to late eighties and nineties, it was just all bulls, 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 obvious mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Cause they were a dynasty. Yeah. What was it as, was it as crazy like that with you being, you know, a kid over in California? I will say this. Uh, I don't know that it was as it was bulls, 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 crazy. I don't, it wasn't, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't anywhere near as crazy. However, uh, Michael Jordan yeah. was, it every kid i know had that dunking michael jordan poster on their wall everybody i had one of that him dunking the, over uh, magic johnson like it was my favorite it, one in your face los angeles wait a minute that's <laughs> where i'm at um but no it, while yes like the bulls being a dynasty was a very like 
very well-known and very obvious thing. Uh, what really took, I would say, the nation slash world by storm was Jordan himself. Like, yeah. it was the tongue. It was the dunk. It was the number 23. It was that pose with his legs spread apart. Like, that, like, Jordan was it if you were a kid in, like, the 90s as a whole. Yeah. I I think it may have gotten a little bit weirder here. Because when I talk to my friends about the Bulls, like, the, I grew up without here, I mean, Jordan's mentioned, I mean, you have to, but a mm-hmm. lot of us talk about like Horace Grant, BJ Arms. I love BJ Armstrong because he was short and I was short. <laughs> um, nice. Tony Kukoc. I, we, we talk about a lot of the non-Pippin and Jordan players on that team. Like like Dennis the Worm Rodman? Carmen yeah, Electra's husband? Not as much about him because like when by the time he joined the team... I was like 14, 15, and I was watching the Bulls, but you didn't, we didn't, you know I mean, talk about girls at that time, at that age. Um, but You didn't talk about girls when you were 14 or 15? That's all we did, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I mainly, the only times I really talked about Rodman was when they were playing the Pistons back in like, ugh, 89, 90, 91, somewhere around there, when he was on the Pistons. And you hated what him if, because he was such a menace on the court. Well, you know what, though? Eventually, you know what he became? A menace in the ring. That's true. And I, let's just move right along. Go watch The Last Dance on ESPN. It's 10 parts. It's phenomenal. Uh, and uh, in the most recent episode of The Last Dance, they touched on the fact that I believe it was during the during one of the finals, uh, Robin peaced out on practice to go to a WCW show. He certainly did. Uh, <laughs> much to nobody's happiness but uh but we're going back to 1997 it's march 10th and dennis rodman uh made his nitro debut and it was all setting up eventually a match that would come months later first he made he, he showed up on nitro was buddy buddy with hogan because it's hogan I don't even know if I need to explain more than that. Hogan was the the marquee player in WCW. He was like full-fledged heel, NWO heel at this point. Um, and, you know, NWO, they were the cool heels. So Rodman shows up. Then Rodman shows up again at the uncensored pay-per-view. It was censored, time, by the way. I mean, there was, was... Absolutely. Like, there are things that are not allowed on television, no matter what you call your show. Yes. Um, and this time Rodman wasn't just showing up as Rodman. He was showing up as a member of the new world order. Mind which blown. Is, which no, not, <laughs> not really. really at all. Everybody. Not, he, all he did was hang out with Hulk Hogan of the new world order. And now he's in the new world. But this order. Was, but also, I do want to just defend that. This was before the NWO completely exploded and like buff Bagwell was joined. I believe this is before. Yeah, was, was this pre Virgil? <laughs> but yeah we all know that the nwo got weird and then there was nwo red and black and LWO. And nwo lwo the bwo there were so many wo's that like the world was in complete disorder if you yes. ask me uh but so he appeared at the uncensored pay-per-view as a member of the nwo why you're asking is he going to be a regular member of the wrestling roster of wcw no but over the course of the next two years Dennis Robin would wrestle exactly three matches. But the first one came at Bash at the Beach in July 1997 when he teamed with, guess who, Matt? Guess who he teamed up with? I'm going to go out on a huge limb here and go Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yes, Matt. He teamed up with Hulk Hogan to face the Giant and Lex Luger in what must have been a barn burner of a nap time. (laughs) Uh Interestingly, though, Rodman did not win that match. In fact, him and Hulk Hogan were the losers. That's kind of a, that's a, a big deal, because when you have a celebrity coming into wrestling, um, usually mm-hmm. the promotion wants to do um, they want to put the celebrity over. That's just most of the time how it goes. So Dennis Rodman losing is kind of a huge deal, especially at that time, a time of egos in WCW. Absolutely. And not only did Dennis Rodman lose, Hogan lost. And Hogan was the guy in WCW at that point. So that was really interesting. And then Rodman immediately disappeared because he had other things to do with his offseason. Probably go to Vegas for a week again or something. (laughs) Yeah. So next up is Road Wild 1997. Rodman does not wrestle or he only kind of appears in the main event. 
Hulk Hogan beats Lex Luger to win the WCW World Championship, and he celebrates with Dennis Rodman, who, for reasons that nobody cares to explain, is just there in Sturgis at the motorcycle rally, you know, where Dennis Rodman hangs I, out. I do want to point out that out of when watching the WWE Network, out of all the pay-per-views I have rewatched and rewatched and rewatched, the Road Wild series is like number one, two, and three, because those are bonkers, weird pay-per-views. It's so strange when you look out into the audience, you just see a sea of dudes on motorcycles. One of these days we're going to, I think we're going to have to like talk in depth about road wild because it's just beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful chaotic nightmare. Anyway, Chris continue. (laughs) All right. So we're going to cut to a year later. It's the bulls and the jazz in the NBA. The Utah jazz, Utah where the best jazz comes from. Listen, I'm sure there's some decent jazz somewhere in Utah. That's not what I'm here to argue. What I'm here to do is talk about Rodman's return, setting up a fight with who? Who'd he set up a fight with, Matt? None other than Carl Malone. Would that be the Utah Jazz player? So I just Malone? I just assuming that for the uh the reason you mentioned the Utah Jazz was obviously because Carl Malone was on the Jazz at that time. No, see, here's the thing. I know you like sports. I ball. do like a lot of different sports. <laughs> I do not. I like baseball. You like playing me in Madden. I do like playing you slash losing in Madden. But yes, Rodman came back to set up the big match uh, with Carl Malone. It's not Rodman versus Malone. That would be ridiculous because neither of them are mm-hmm. wrestlers. Instead, it's Rodman and Hogan, once again, a losing tag team, uh, coming together to face the team of Carl Malone and DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> So many things to say about the, not the booking of the, I think the booking of that match is actually great. Uh, Matt, you're wrong. And I'll tell you why the match, which happened at yeah. Bash at the beach. 98 is 23 minutes long. It's so I'm long. About the, it doesn't need to be that I just long. Meant the booking in general is very, very good. The idea of Dennis Rodman from the Chicago bulls, the bad boy, of the Chicago bulls team up with the NWO and then, Carl Malone, who the Bulls defeated in the finals, uh, you know, from the Jazz, teaming up with teaming up with DDP and putting those two against each other is a very, very good idea in theory. Oh yes, absolutely fantastic idea. But then you have two people who don't know how to wrestle, and you have Hulk Hogan who can kind of not really. Or Rodman go and Malone for weren't awful. They were bad, but they weren't awful. <laughs> They weren't awful, but they also like it, it's it's always very clear when the people in the ring aren't wrestlers yeah. and you're watching them in a wrestling match. Yeah. And I understand it as a marquee idea, but yeah, not so much. But hey, Robin got the win this time. Very good for him. 50 so like, he's one. Yeah, he's one and one for now. Oh, no, because now. Before well, before we get to his third match, yeah. though, comes the interlude. Rodman sues WCW asking for more money. Good for him. Uh, Yeah, he wanted more. They said, nah, and it went to court. But none of that mattered because then a year later, he was back in WCW yet again. This time, he's not teaming with Hulk Hogan. This time, Rodman is getting his first singles match. Oh, no. It's Bash at the Beach 1999. Who is he feuding with? Oh, the macho man that hurt my throat to do that. So I'm not going to do it again. Well, luckily this time uh, Rodman lost again. So he's one and two. Randy Savage somehow did not lose a one on one wrestling match against basketball man. Dennis, you know, one Rodman. of the greatest wrestlers of uh, of ever uh, didn't didn't lose against basketball boy. You, shockingly no and even though rodman had crazy hair he did have crazy i loved his hair so all told three matches in wcw this was rodman's last mm-hmm. match but guess what matt that wasn't the end of dennis rodman colon professional wrestler I do tell me more because this stuff i don't know let me take you to a little show on cmt that's country music television i'm aware that exists created created by uh eric bischoff and Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff's uh, partner, uh, the brother from the Wonder Years, Fred. Oh, they created oh. a little show. <laughs> I thought you even said Fred, like but Fred Savage. Like, oh no, the brother. Yes, 
uh paul no paul was, paul the, was the best friend yeah. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the the guy the older brother wayne wayne, wayne from the wonder years television producer wayne from the wonder years uh together the trio came up with hulk hogan's celebrity championship wrestling which was a reality program in which hulk hogan uh and the nasty boys taught a bunch of quote-unquote celebrities how to be professional wrestlers and the winner got some money and a championship title belt i this might shock you uh-huh. in the world of definitely real and not at all predetermined professional wrestling hulk hogan's best friend dennis rodman won the entire no, show you don't say chris uh and to do that he beat luminaries Matt. okay luminaries like dustin diamond screech yeah. from saved oh, by the bell God. danny bonaducci like the loud red-headed guy uh, Butterbean, Brawl for All superstar <laughs> Butterbean. Frank Stallone, otherwise known as Sylvester Stallone's brother. Uh, I don't know if you know Trishel Cantonella. I do know who she is, yes. From Real World Vegas. Uh, teenage me thought Trishel Cantonella was very uh, hot. Second. Yes. Uh, and the little girl from Bewitched. Okay. Uh, who uh, she's an adult and she was an adult during the show because Bewitched is an older program, but uh, yeah, she played Tabitha on Bewitched. Her name is Aaron. Chris. I want to I want to he... take two steps back. Uh, you kind of yes. you kind of did a little bit of a knock at Wayne from the Wonder Years, and while I don't know his name, I do know he is a successful producer. Oh, he one hundred percent is. His name is his, his name is Jason Irvy. He has he is he has uh, a number of very successful shows. Him and Eric Bischoff have had a very fruitful uh, television producing partnership. Yeah, not at all a knock on uh, Jason Hervey. It's just like, you're Wayne from The Wonder Years, and that's like, as someone who grew up loving The Wonder Years, I think it's kind of dope that like, he didn't go away. Yeah. Like so many, there's a lot of, there's a lot of young actors who do a show and then kind of disappear and he kept his fingers in the business. I I always recommend, I'm going off topic, I don't care. I always recommend, look up J.D. Roth and see what he's been up to, because the answer is everything. Who is the that? host of every game show when you were a kid? Uh, that's not no. true because Ryan Seacrest was the host of Click, the game show that was about the internet. Uh, this is this is pre that I believe. Okay, this is like Finders Keepers JD or Ryan. something. Or like oh Funhouse. boy! Oh, that guy. He's like a, a hugely successful producer. Good yeah. on him. That's smart. Yeah. He does reality TV. Jason Hervey. Awesome. Honestly, Jason Irby is much of the same. And and he was he and Bischoff both were wise enough to pay attention to trends and sort of play into them. That's why when celebrity reality TV got big, Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling happened. When Sons of Anarchy got big, they did that awful stable in TNA, but they also did a reality show about a motorcycle club in Southern California. Like it, it it's an interesting world that they sort of live in and operate within. Uh, and yeah, good on him for not just disappearing after yeah, the Wonder right? Years. Made a career. Good for you. I like how we've ended a discussion about Dennis Rodman with Wayne from the Wonder Years. Oh, I mean, honestly, what is Dennis Rodman doing right now? I don't know. Uh, he was. It, it, I don't want to. And now I feel bad. I'm taking a knock. I'm taking a shot at Dennis Rodman. I'm not. Storied career. He was doing interviews for the Last Dance. Oh, is yeah. he really? Oh, we should have got him on here to talk he about. He was also WCW. in North Korea a few years ago. He's friends with Kim Jong Un. All right. Yep. Well, that's where we're on that nostalgia machine. End of segment. <laughs> there was actually a lot of nostalgia in that nostalgia machine. We talked about Screech from Saved by the Bell. We talked about Wayne from that the might Wonder be Years. Danny Bonaducci. Was I mean, in we've there. only done the segment twice, but that might mm-hmm. be that's the most nostalgic that, we've got. Definitely, for sure. like, that felt really good. That felt rose like the last one did. The last one did have Robocop and Surfer Sting, but like Danny Bonaducci is on the Partridge yeah. family. Like Frank Stallone was on here and we didn't mention his album once. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I just did. <laughs> oh, boy. You, Chris, oh, what do a, you hear that? What a journey. We do went you hear on. that? I don't. Oh, no. man. That's the show wrapping up. Oh, is that oh, what it is? Boy fancy that we i mean we went on a journey today matt we talked to dalton castle we definitely did we looked underneath the ring at a bunch of really weird things that don't belong Not underneath the dalton. ring and we went back to a time when dennis robin got paid a lot of money what a great time just what a great time to be alive and i had fun i'm always having fun with you 
because we are man. great wrestle buddies and if you want to be you listening not chris you you listening you want to be a wrestle buddy hey, come follow us on twitter and instagram at wrestle buddies i'm gonna spell it out for you yeah i already i already i already did i mean you that, created so like, one I of them have... i created the other i sure i sure did uh that's at wrestle buddies that's w-r-e-s-t-l-e-b-u-d-d-i-e-s now that's not all we need no. you to do this is like imagine this is like the end of the telephone we're really we're, we're packing them in wrestle buddies is available on i would say arguably every podcasting platform on the earth i'm pretty sure which is which is at least five i think it's five, five probably um so you know what you should do if you like us you should rate and review us jump over to apple itunes or apple podcast whatever it's called now you should you know what you should do five star frog splash review what's oh, up I, see, is that I like what you did there but i'm gonna say something else i want you to honestly Give us a review, whatever you think the show is. I'm not going to say, give us five stars. If you don't think it's five stars, that's, that's okay. True. I'll forgive you. But but if you think it's one star, like, just tell us on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, you yell at me on Twitter. If you want to yell at me on Twitter about how we're a one-star show, I'm at, yeah. I'm Matt Elfring. That's I-M-M-A-T-E-L-F-R-I-N-G. That's also my Instagram name now, Chris. I changed it because branding. And I am at Chris Hayner all across the internets. Stop by, say hello, and come back next week because we have way more to talk about and matt i know what you're gonna I'm say i'm gonna say a th- big thank you to nothing about no, Robo- no chris oh, okay i'm go gonna on. say a big huge thank you to ring of honors dalton castle for taking the time to talk to us i'm just really excited that you came on and also dalton uh him and i were talking chris aside from you and uh guess what uh we're now the managers of robocop no you're not robocop does not have a robocop is not in wrestling hey first of all thank you dalton yeah Well, Chris, that certainly was an interview that just really happened in real time with us right now. I feel like we're in an episode of 24. I feel like we're in an episode of 2020. I feel like we're in an episode of 30 for 30. These are the things we're not supposed to be doing on the podcast. (laughs) No, we shouldn't. It's definitely getting off tangent. So let's get right back on tangent. But again, thank you to Ring of Honor and to Dalton Castle for coming on the show. And Spoilers. You haven't heard the last of Dalton Castle in this episode. No, you haven't. You have mm-hmm. not. And to get into this next segment, which is really just going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. This is so, <laughs> I hate this. Uh, and <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs>